This is CliffCentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Of course, when you hear those lovely Tibetan singing bowls, you know it is time for Beyond Ears and Eyes here on Cliff Central. I'm Liesl Tom on controls today, Palaisa Mabuye. And then, of course, as always, giggling in the background, because I always start in the same tone, is <laughs> my bestie, Shemaine Harris. What's up? Hello, everyone. Yes. I just giggle when Lisa goes, hello, hello, hello. She put those Tibetan you hear symbols those. are just <laughs> making me so calm. You I know, know, it's kind of zen, right? <laughs> Very zen. Which is yeah. not quite like us, is it? No, we can get a little milk. <laughs> But we can't. We, I think we we kind of balance it out. But as usual, my speech of welcome. It's lovely to have you. Thanks for the support. Thanks for downloading the po- podcast. Um, thanks for telling your friends about how wonderful you know we are <laughs> and what good stuff we bring to you. So today is another one of those. Another great guest. Um, his name is Philip Liebenberg. Yes, Shamla. Philip with one L, with people. One L. <laughs> but still with a PH. Still with a PH. Oh, you can get so <laughs> clever. <laughs> so, and now, Philip, you know, you, you, you've been around the block. You're, you're, a, you're, you're basically a pastor. Yes, I um, But you studied theology long, long ago. You were from the, um, from the Archies. Apostolic Faith Mission. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you were from the Apostolic Faith Mission Church. And you kind of broke away from there. Um, so about 22 years ago, am I correct? 22 years ago, we were still uh, planting that church in Melville as an Archies church or mm-hmm. AFM church. But then um, four years, five Four or five years later, mm-hmm. um, I came out as gay, and so then the whole congregation followed me, and we left the Ochies. So you started your own gay church? Exactly. Without meaning to? Without meaning to. <laughs> it just so happened. Yeah. So, but this church was, if, if your entire congregation moved with you, this yes. church was not necessarily a gay church. It was just a place where religious gay people are welcome. True. Religious. Actually, actually, we were. <laughs> Did you just? <laughs> well, oh, uh, yeah. before before you answer, because yeah. now we're going to go into but, this interview. But let me just yeah. tell the people what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about progressive progressive Christianity. Um, you know, overall, as 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 this uh, day goes through, and I'm going to. I'm starting to think. You know. Three of us Afrikaans, my head is going like speak Afrikaans, my no, brain. No, our <laughs> listeners in America will not forgive us if we do that. Hello, everyone. Go ahead, Philip and Liesl. You were talking about the religious. So it was not just it for gay people. No, it actually wasn't a gay church. It was a gay church in the sense that I was gay and a few friends. But the majority were people who followed me from before. And actually, when I came out um, in January 2002, only one couple left the church. So all of them, they stayed. Hmm. So it wasn't a gay, but it it transformed into a gay church as time went by. Because I wrote my autobiography, so that attracted a lot of gay people. And then it became full-on a gay church. Hmm. 
And then it had some more transformations because for me that wasn't the main thing. Um, having a sort of gay club just with the, the stamp of Christianity to mm. it because it became, the main thing became being gay. And uh, that. Oh really? Yeah. It, it wasn't about I'm gay but I need a place where I need to go and find sustenance for my soul. Uh, in brackets. Um, wasn't, wasn't it something like that? Or? It was, it was, but you know, um, I don't want to simplify it, but okay. what happens is gay people came there for different reasons. Ah. Some were very religious and wanted to know that that's okay. Others just wanted a place to fellowship or to socialize. And, um, but moreover, what I felt is it's, it's not, it's not um, a place where people are really into spiritual growth um, or looking for answers about life or what. You know what happens is for me, um, being gay and having um, come from such a conservative background, mm-hmm. being gay and, and making peace with myself, it was just, it created a domino effect. It changed everything about my worldview, my God view. And um, so nothing nothing was untouched by it. But I found that some some of the gays, and actually many of the gays that followed me at that time, they weren't ready to progress and to see that, listen, if the church is behind in their perspective on human sexuality, it means that there is something wrong. With the worldview and with the ethics and the view on what it means to be human and even on the God view. So some people feel that they want a church that just tells them Jesus loves you even though you're gay, that's fine. But then they still stuck with the rest of the conservative or I would say the more ancient worldview that Personally, I don't feel it's helpful today. Hmm. And that brought a divide between me and some of those people. Um, They couldn't follow me and they couldn't, um, they they didn't want to progress in other than just saying, we trash the the gay prohibition in the church. Hmm. Philip, how did you make peace with the fact that the church the Christian church and most monotheistic religions mm. for that matter mm. view being gay as a sin that's going to send you straight to hell. The only way that it could make sense for me is to refer back to when it made sense for me. You know, um, it, it stemmed from a very narrow view on human sexuality. Where you say it's being man and woman and procreating and creating a little nucleus which is the family within which you rear children and they do the same and the same and the same. And nothing outside of that is God's plan. Mm. So even being single is not God's plan because then you refer back and when you're a creationist, you refer back to Genesis where it says, and God looked and he said, it's not good that man is alone. So that 
in, um, implicitly says a single person is not actually living in the perfect um, uh, plan or not plan, the perfect architecture or whatever God had in mind for humanity. Mm. And that, then they say, is brokenness. Um, so, And then you make a calculation and you see what there isn't at, the, at, a, t- at a time there weren't enough women, f- uh, uh, men for all the women. So, uh, um, Still not. mixed up, did God's plan <laughs> get? So it's a whole idea of God made a perfect world in paradise and man and woman obeyed or fell for the snakes come here and eat this little fruit and then that changed all. And then the paradise became so broken and the brokenness is now within everything. So they couldn't see, and I at that time couldn't see homosexuality as just a part of human sexuality, which is normal and which is as its place. And I couldn't see that. Mm -hmm. So you see it as something which is broken. So the Christian church, and at the time when I was a pastor in the AFM, I felt about myself, I'm broken being homosexual, but I can be mended. I can be cured. And even if the homosexuality isn't cured, the cure lies within this. I will not follow its unctions. Mm. I will not obey its desires. Mm. I will um, curb that. And if you do that, then you're a conqueror. So then now you've overcome brokenness. And now the fact that you can sublimate that or you can fight it all the time. And what I didn't see is that that broke me. Mm. That made me such a skew person. I was married and for 15 years to a wonderful woman. And seven years into that marriage, I told her that I was gay. And we went for all sorts of counseling and went into our own denial of the fact. And um, what that did to her and what it did to me as a person I always say, if that is God's plan, Mm. that you fight something so intrinsically part of yourself and you become so fragmented and so broken within that you can't even be happy, that you can't even be loving, that you can't even be free or at peace. You're always in war. If that is the Christian walk, then I want no part of it because it it really smashed my soul. Mm. It didn't mold me. And when I left that notion of homosexuality is is what the ancients told us it is, uh, not part of God's plan, not An part of creation. Abomination. 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 I mean, I won't even go into when you put that label onto yourself Mm. it's okay to use it um, in someone else's life and to smash it on their foreheads Mm. but to to believe yourself that i am abominable Mm. then you god's trash and it 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 made marks in my psyche that took years and years and years to get rid of Mm. and um, so to me the is it gone it's can gone. it ever be gone? It it can. And, I, you know, I think it's because I'm 55 years old. 
Really, I think it's that. You had time to work through you, something. I had time, and I've outgrown it, and um, I've reinvented myself, and I think that was my healing. You said when you came out, um, your perception of God changed. Yes. How? What does God look now? Look like now for you? God to me now is indescribable. Um, I really believe that. And I'm, I've, I'm way past the place where I think that the Jews or the, their predecessors, and because they were also not one nation, they grew into a nation from various other nations, and they brought different pictures which were very ancient and stemmed from the picture of the gods that was um, uh, frivolous, very human, with human emotion, they got very angry and they played played um, games with humanity and uh, all these uh, um, and ancient uh, God views that also landed in all of ancient uh, religious uh, systems. And I'm way past believing that any of the ancient religions can describe God, God's mind, or can tell us how the world was put together. Hmm. They just don't know. So what we can, what we can take from them, is their earnest search for meaning, their earnest search for the answers. But what we cannot take from them is their answers, because the answers that they came to worked for them, but it cannot work in a world where we understand more mm. and we see more. And I also by by saying that I'm I'm not willing to trash any ancient religion because I think trashing that means that I should also trash the mind that my little three year old um, grandson at this moment has because what does he think and know and believe and what is his mind like but, but I laugh at his whatever he has to say I laugh at his um, infant um, ignorance and that is that is what what I do with ancient religions. I appreciate them because they were set in a certain time, and actually I admire them. And people find it difficult because I'm a progressive pastor. I do not um, subscribe to the Bible as the Word of God, but I say I bow to the Bible because it's a it's a great work for the time it was written in. Now that is something that I'm very sure. Mm gets you a whole lot of criticism when you Mm. say the Bible is not the word of God because that is something that Christianity is based on then what is the Bible what's the point of the Bible what what I found um, refreshing was to find Christian strands that do not believe that the Bible is the word of God at first it was weird for me because if if you trash the Bible which I'm not doing but if you shun the Bible, let's say shun the Bible as word of God, I felt now you're shunning God. But the first step for me was to realize that the Bible is not to be equated with God. The Bible is not God in book or paper form. God, We cannot describe God. We cannot get a handle on God. We cannot understand God. We don't know God. We don't see God. We cannot study God. It's not something or an it or a she or a he. or We cannot empirically build a ladder and get to the place where we can see God. 
we do not know God. So we can't believe that that the Bible that is so contradictory, and I know it's something that people say, they start yawning when you say it, because we know it by now. But we, we smooth it over. But there are such contradictions within the Bible. And more than contradictions, sorry, I just want to say mm-hmm. this, Shemaine, is, is that the Bible's worldview is so weirdly ancient and opposed to what, what we see in science today. Yet people cling to that because that is something that God spoke. But if God has really told us that um, being deaf stems from um, a demon, or being blind stems from your parents sinned and then you were born into this curse, and if we really believe these ancient things, or that God the Almighty finds it difficult even with his mightiest warrior of an angel, to get a message through to Daniel, who was in um, Persia, um, and praying for for some answers. And then this this um, angel, uh, angel comes to him and says, you know what, God's, God sent the answer 21 days ago already, but I battled to get through the forces in the air, the evil forces that governs Persia. So it took me 21 days with my sword to get through and bring you God's package. So God's courier is slow. <laughs> um, so and if you understand the ancient worldview mm. with, with spirit, it was a spirit world, it was an animated world where the spirits are actually just animated in the physical. If you understand that, then you know that it was beautiful writings and beautiful ways of explaining things, but we now know the world doesn't work that way. So, okay, I was going to ask another question, but I think we'll just throw that one away because <laughs> it's going to take us off at a tangent. So, so, so what is it that your church believes? What is progressive Christianity then all about? Mm. Um, you know, because now you've, you've given why some, some things are, you know, probably a bit obsolete or for, you yes. know, most or many people. So, so, What's, what, what's there what to look remains, at now? Yes, mm. if you throw out, well, mm. throw out the Bible, mm. yes. what so, remains? Yes. And, and, and did you come up with that term, progressive uh, Christianity? No, progressive Christianity is actually a movement worldwide. Ah. Um, um, you can Google it. Mm-hmm. We're part of it. Mm-hmm. We, we, one of three congregations in South Africa that is part of progressive Christianity. Okay, so go on. Yeah. So what's, what remains for us? What remains? What can we hold on to? Yes. What can we, you know, use as anchors? Yes. You know what to me was the most precious part of this? Is when I realized that this worldview that is in the Bible, and I'm not saying that there's nothing in the Bible that is useful. I'm not saying that. But the worldview mm. and the, the, the point of reference where from which you, you build your picture of life. I, I, I feel is not to be found in the ancient worldview. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I, dis- when I for myself decided, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, there wasn't even a moment, and this is really the truth, that I felt lost. Because then I've already decided God is not the Bible. So if I put the Bible on the shelf and I read it intelligently and I take from it what I want, and I put it down, and I, I decide not to read it for two months. I've not now turned my back on God for two months. Mm. God is not the Bible. Mm. 
So I'm in God. God is in me. I'm in God's world. I'm part of his or her or its. Um, I've got an Afrikaans friend on Facebook, Margot Shaw Heisamer, and the other day she helped me so much by giving me this term, the U van die Eidspansel. You didn't say that you are God. No, I'm not God. God, okay. God is not me. It's not, I know some. But you know, but you, you know where I'm going to with this one. Yes. Okay, so I find it interesting that you don't go, I am God. No, I don't. How come? I know that there's, I mean, I live in Melville for 22 years, so I've come across. (laughs) You come and be gods in Melville. Yeah, and you know what, and that the whole, um, the whole, there's a spiritual way of looking at God where we say we are God. And I'm not saying that. I really believe that there's something that we can't describe, which is which we call God. I don't want to you with God for lack of a, an, another word, mm. but the originator, um, the one who from which all of what we know has come. And um, yeah, let me say, well, in, our, in terms of our world, the Big Bang, mm-hmm. the originator of that. So, but I can't describe that being or that. Force or that person I don't know what it is But I know that there must be an intelligence So there must be some sort of a personality there And I know that that's not me And that's not the next person And we are forever connected and safe within The realm and sphere and presence Of that unique and first originator I find it very interesting that people take religion and they put personality traits to this supreme being that suit them. Yes. Because, as you said, in the ancient time, you know, the the, the God of the ancients or the God of the Old Testament is very vengeful. And I always, as a child, had this picture of an old man, a little bit like Christmas father, mm-hmm. except not with Christmas father's disposition, not yes, friendly and yes. jolly, but someone sitting there judging everyone and, and, you know, just willing to smite whomever transgresses. Yeah. If that has changed, how, how does God look today? Can I, can I take a minute to explain where that comes from? Go ahead. And how people can within even very, very intelligent people. I mean, we shouldn't think, and I know we don't think that, that Christians are stupid because they're not. They are, they are many, and I, I mean, millions and millions of super intelligent Christians. There's a reason why, and it develops slowly, why we believe things like that. A God which can be so vengeful and a God that can visit um, the tenth uh, generation with plagues, Rough. yeah, because of yes. what the f- you just best check what you're doing because yeah. your children's children's children will suffer yes, for it exactly, I mean. yeah, and and w- babies get smashed in wars um, between Israel and others, um, and it's all God's sort of allowance. Okay. Mm-hmm. So so, but you know, the ancients. It doesn't matter where you look in the world. Even if they had no connection with um, the religions that come from the Middle East, the ancients all were in this world and they looked at the world and they saw all of these elements. It's 
it's the storms and it's the sea and it's winds and it's rain and these elements served them some served them um, well and others did them harm and they bow to these as gods and that's where all of these gods came from where they believed that all of these elements the gods of wrath that's it they gods but Mm. also the good gods because rain is a very good god eh? and a a soft cooling wind in the desert is a good god but a scorching wind in the desert is a bad god so that's the way they viewed it Mm -hmm. the ancients you know yeah i'm just i'm just sitting here and i'm thinking you know maybe that is where um, the whole authoritarian thing um, got a little skewered for us because you know whom Ever is in a position of authority, you always think that person has it in for you, um, and and that person almost like it, it becomes a caricature, where that person has to kind of almost live up to it, and you know, and rule with an iron fist or rule with a, a way that you 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 know n- not with encouragement mm. but with uh, you know fear and and oppression kind mm. of because that would be the 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 one that. Would be effective mm-hmm. so that there's growth or whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. that you, your will gets, gets molded into where we're supposed to go as a society or as a, I don't know, whatever, mm-hmm. a company or, you mm-hmm. know, so, so maybe that's where all that, that comes from where, you know, when, when there's authority, it must be. I think must that be was scary. the late, I think that was the, the later development mm-hmm. of them only. Let's, let's say they, they derived it from this. You are um, in a desert in the Middle East. And here comes the scorching, scorching sun and wind. And you've got no water, you've got nothing. So now you hope to be spared. You hope that this wind will just stop blowing and that your tent can just be intact or whatever. And you can just find some water at an oasis. So what they did is they started charming the elements. They, we know the Mayans, for instance, they did human sacrifice. Why? For the sun and the moon and the stars to keep on doing their job by giving them rain for crops. Because they believed that they should sacrifice blood and the blood is, 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 uh, feeds the, the elements mm-hmm. or the stars and the sun and the moon, feeds, feeds them. And then when they fed, they can carry on being the good gods that they should be. So that developed into a very fine, refined structure where the Israelites in the Old Testament believe, and you find it in Scripture, where it says God brings death and life. God brings sickness and God brings health. And and it was sort of a discriminatory process. And then they couldn't make sense of it, and they had what they called a phase in their religious life in Israel, the deuteronomistic phase, where they thought it's all about a law. So you, we have to obey God, because if, if God, if we do what God says, we obey the laws, we will be blessed. And if we don't, we will be cursed. So it's a legitimate um, uh, thing, or it's a legitimate um, a scheme of God to then um, I mean, we do it in our daily lives. We do if it I'm good, you're going to be good to me. If I'm bad, you're exactly. going to, you know, you're going to take my stuff. <laughs> but that's what I, what I wanted to say when I said we, we have millions of intelligent people who view their lives in terms of I'm blessed because I did something good. Mm. Or I'm cursed or I'm now, um, uh, what is tough? Um, punished. Punished because 
I went, I went on the wrong route. It's ingrained in humanity and it comes from the ancients where we view the world and good and bad in terms of and, 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 and being lucky and unlucky mm-hmm. in terms of the deities bestowing it upon us and we were, we were um, deserving or undeserving. Where now, you ask me, what, how do I view the world? Mm-hmm. View is that part of your, is, is that view part of the progressive yes, Christian yes. um, thing? We view the world as coming from the, uh, coming through evolution. And the world is a place of tension. You cannot have life if you do not have movement. Mm. Movement can cause collisions. Movement can cause friction. There's, this this world, this earth of ours, couldn't produce life if we hadn't had the ocean. And the ocean is like a figure eight belt around the globe that is so fierce and it drowns it drowns people and it drowns ships and it it's a fierce thing, yet it provides life. Um an earthquake is such a terrible thing to to experience, but if it hadn't been for earthquakes through the evolution of the earth, we wouldn't have had the uh, what's what do you call it the relief that would um, create our weather patterns that would create life. All of the things that view, we view as bad is actually built in the system of good and of life. Life is a dangerous place. Mm. Life has its dangers. Life has its Wonderful moments. Life has death in it, embedded into it. So that's all part. So we're not sitting. I don't have in my mind a God that looks at me and says, mm, you did the right thing, so there's the blessing. Mm, that wasn't good. Let me just chastise you a bit with that thing. Things happen. Life happens. Because life is a dynamic process. And, and the, the biological life is a place of tension. Philem, I'm sure this is a question you as, uh, you know, a religious leader yes. have been asked several times. Yes. So if, if God doesn't bless the deserving and punish mm. the, the, the undeserving mm. or the sinners, mm. how come people who are really, really good moral pillars suffer so much? Why yes. is they suffering? Or why would the biggest criminals be so successful and have such charmed lives. Mm. There was a time in the life of the Jews because they now believed this, that if they were good, they would be blessed. And it didn't happen. So they were in all sorts of exiles and whatever. And they asked these questions. And then came the wisdom writers. And one of the wisdom writers, and believe it or not, if... if what is a wisdom writer? A, w- a wisdom writer was a, 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 a few writers within the Israelite nation's development mm-hmm. and their religious development that came after the lawmakers in Deuteronomy. And so they, that would be Solomon and Solomon was one of them. And my favorite one, my favorite one, is Ecclesiastes. That guy said, "I was roaming the world, and I saw." That the most godless people became rich and they died rich and happy. And I saw the most godly people being punished and being um, ripped apart and being um, poor and they died poor and ripped apart. I tell you, he said, drink your wine, enjoy your wife because life doesn't last and life happens to all. 
whether you're good or bad. Because, and I don't think that he grasped why it is that way. But because when you say that to people, some people get angry because they say, I don't want to live in a world like that. Okay, you say it's not God doing that to people, but still, why did God create a world that, like that? And then that goes into the sphere of this, of science. You cannot have a world. You cannot have a life. You cannot have a body without the tension of illness and health. You cannot have life without the two opposites. Mm. If you understand what I'm saying today. Well, there is Built a school of life, thinking now that says you don't need to get ill, you know, or you, it's not necessary for the body to, to get ill. So, so I mean, we're just gathering information, you know. Um, I'd but, love to get there where I go like, yeah, no, this body does not need to get yeah, ill. But not, I get what you're saying because cause in, in life, I, I view uh, it mm. in a way that you, you, you as your your Philip, body, Shemaine, Liesel, mm. that you have two sides, yes. you know, mm. and both of them, they, they mm. come together. They are so tight, they clash. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get them apart. It's mm. just, so yes, I, 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 I get that. I think, I think that we, we can do a lot of good mm. by taking responsibility for our own well-being. Mm-hmm. That is something that because we, we often will talk be about. more healthy. Yeah. We will be healthier. We will live longer. But even if we do, and I and I believe, because do you believe we we have a choice of whether we can live longer or not? I think absolutely. I think if you we still believe that our line is drawn. I mean, goodness. Um, what happens if someone with free will walks into this um, studio now and and fire just opens fire and kill the three of us? Well, it's going to be uncomfortable and very messy. You see, so so it's a person with free will. (laughs) It's free will. If I decide to kill myself, it's free will. Mm -hmm. There's no God in that thing. It's it's me. I've decided to to do that, and I will die. Mm. So I think we we need to take responsibility for our lives, and we can make this world a much much better place. We can. Uh. I think we should stop. Stop looking towards heaven because that's why we also trash earth the way we do. Hmm. We should just look at this earth as the gift that we have and we, we should make it a better place. But even if we reach the place where we all, where we never get, get ill, I mean, what will happen to this poor earth? We <laughs> are already So if you get what I'm saying, you know mm-hmm. what? In, in, um, in the Kruger Park, there was 10 years ago, so there was a problem with the elephants. They mm-hmm. were too many. Because um, we always feel, don't don't um, shoot them. Don't get rid of them. Don't, but, uh, Culling. don't kill them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Because, but in the end, the whole place was a mess because there weren't enough trees and it, it wasn't good for the ecosystem to leave them be and just to multiply. So if you look at a big at the bigger picture, also that's a different life, story it's altogether. That that is like a topic on its own. It is a topic on <laughs> yeah. its own, but I want to. But, but I hear what that. you I hear what we, you say in in within its. Um, I also cannot frame. look at my life and say I demand from the God who created me to give me a body that doesn't get sick and does not have the ability to die because that is a narcissistic demand to be forever. And I need to move on for my grandchildren and their grandchildren to take over and to live this planet, enjoy this planet, and then I go and sleep under the trees. 
You said stop looking at heaven. We must stop yeah. looking at heaven. Then, then what? What happens when we die? If we're not going to heaven or we're not going to hell, what happens then? How do we know what happens after that? <laughs> and you know, um, oh, so what do you, what do you, what do you believe? I mean, you. I believe that I, I, I will never know. And I've, I've read all the books and I've seen the movies of near-death experiences and people who are were so-called dead, mm-hmm. and I'm not convinced. I'm okay. really, and I don't say it glibly, I'm not convinced. Those people weren't brain dead. Um, so I do not believe that, that we know what happens afterwards. I do not believe that we can fathom what is outside of the three dim- dimensions. And it's not my business. If I do that, that's also for me. And I came to a place, and I'm speaking for me now. Mm. I came to a point where I said, I do not know what's after this life and if there is anything after this life. And would it be okay if there's n- nothing? And I tell you today, even if there's nothing, it was wonderful to live. And it's none of your business. And it's none of my business. <laughs> what I need to do now is make the best of this time here to enjoy it, make this world a better place. And this is Because still it's also a lot of escapism that's built into to the apocalyptic worldview of the Israelites. And that's a whole different topic. But that whole heaven thing, it developed within the Israelite life um, and in many of the ancient people's lives because of the hardship that they had. And they believed that their gods would make it wonderful. Zoroaster came up with that thing, that God will make it wonderful. The Christians came up with God will make it wonderful. The Israelites still wait for the Messiah to make Israel a wonderful place. We all wait for wonderful, wonderful. And when I was a child in church, everything was about the second coming of Jesus. And I yearned for the second coming of Jesus. And I think that's an escapism. We do not even know what it does to our psyche when we look towards heaven all the time. Instead of appreciating this life and living it as if there's nothing else. But is that not the point of the church to give people that reassurance? Because the way I see it, and this is just my opinion, the church draws people, religion draws people because of their fear of what happens after I'm dead. Yes, of course. And they hope to be blessed. So then then, the then, then, what is the point of the church if it's not to give people that reassurance yes. that don't worry, you're going to heaven. Jesus has opened the door for mm. you. I don't want to be funny about this, but, you know, once you cut, you sever the ties between your church, and I'm talking your church, your congregation, and heaven, and hell, it's Absolutely wonderful to experience what happens with that congregation then. You start living for each other, for nature, for the world. You actually start doing what Jesus taught his disciples to do when he was asked, who will inherit the kingdom of God? And we, we translated that into heaven. It's not heaven. Who inherits, inherits the reign of God, the, the kind of world that God has, mm-hmm. has in mind? And he said, here, here is the two. The one is the group that will visit people in, in um, Prison. prisons and will visit the sick and bring water to those who are thirsty. And we as a church in Melville, the, 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 the Capel, we have grown into becoming a church that believes that we are there for each other. We need to look after this planet. We need to look after people who are less fortunate. And we are serving God. Not by singing and not by, by charming and narcissistic being up there by telling him with many words how wonderful he or she is, 
But we are serving God by serving each other. Because I feel, and, and that's what I believe today, that the whole message of Jesus is to be summed up in these words. If you love, if you love one another, you are actually loving God. Because it's love in three directions. You can't have love for God and then hate people and judge people and shun people and put them in hell. You can't have, you can't have love and not have love spreading out from your being in all directions. Mm. I love you. I love whoever God is. I love the planet. I love animals. I love, like my, my mother's brother wrote a book. He was, um, Lecturer at the University of the Free State in um, science, and he wrote a book a few years ago, um, "Blessed Niche," which is about evolution and how we, as the human species, is now um, really um, making the world a place that will throw us off. If we carry on this way, the world will get rid of us and will carry on without us. Because, and, and he said that the moment you realize that you are family of the cockroach. That's where you become spiritual. That's where you serve God. That's where you you respect God. <laughs> we are all one. It's, it's, I'm laughing. It's, it's, I love that analogy, but I'm thinking, yeah, I, 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 I might have some cockroaches <laughs> for family members. Sorry, everyone. I'm not just, really, but you know, <laughs> the <laughs> cockroach. When you said yeah. the moment you cut your your connection to heaven and hell, yes. I almost got this and idea of then you start living in the moment. In the moment. And isn't that what, what, where, where our only fulfillment mm-hmm. lies is in this exact moment. Absolutely. I cannot see life at where I'm at now. I cannot see life in, in any other way than being present, opening my eyes to what I need to be and do and can become here. And in that way, loving, 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 all that is surrounding me and and helping and if i do that i'm not worried whether tomorrow will be a day of um punishment because i didn't do anything right or something right today if you if you get rid of the scheme the world view of life is a, a series of punishments and blessings i don't even like the word blessing because life is a blessing, whether I'm ill in bed or not. Whether as a child I suffered from a tumor under my brain, and I had various surgeries and radiations, and I was an ill boy, very ill for years. I only outgrew that when I was um, I stopped growing. My childhood wasn't a pleasant. My body wasn't a pleasant place to be in when I was a child, and yet I was a happy child. Hmm. You know what? We've got so much resilience, and I know I'm, I'm I'm not going into the sphere of where people are abused and where it never stops. And I know that you get these extremes, but then I say, okay, that's what we need to be busy ourselves with. We need to stop moaning about the little discomforts in life and see that there are huge discomforts and abusive situations that we need to stop. And for me. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this is how it is for, for religious people or for Christians. But I have to say, my own experience as a pastor in dealing and ministering to people was, it's a very 
um, small sort of world that people live in. Why? Because we need to survive. So people work hard and they go to church very hard and they do charity very hard and they do everything there with a passion, not with a passion sometimes, but with they, they're driven because that's what I need to do in order to be good, in order to be blessed, in order to be safe. And I need to secure that position. And to do that, I need to tithe to the church. I need to go to the church. I need to do all of these things. And then when the littlest thing goes wrong, they're angry with God because the system didn't work. Mm -hmm. So we are not grown up. This world is tough. The world is tough. And as it is, nature is a tough place to be in. But we're making it worse by global warming. Um, Humanity is not a nice place to be sometimes because there are people who are very, very um, immoral. And all we think of is putting them in jails and cutting their heads off. And I'm asking, how did they become that way? Why did they become people who break in and steal and murder? And I realized, there was a day that I realized, I can and could have been that person. Had I not been cushioned the way I was cushioned and trained the way I was trained and not desensitized mm. to what's more. for the grace of God goes you see? Ah, yes. So it's so fantastic to be in a situation. But, but I want to broaden people's horizons and say, leave this whole thing of, this whole scheme of trying to charm God by living a Christian life so that you can feel secure. But, you know, the churches are bleeding empty, probably because, you know, of of, of that uh, sentiment. But it's very difficult for people to go, okay, I found a place where I can go and just, you know, because for some people, it's a, it's their drug, it's their escapism church. But for some people, it also really is a place of sp- sp- supposed spiritual mm. nurturing. Mm. Um and they don't know where to go, you know, um, and, and they're afraid to go to a place that's so completely different or that will upend whatever it is that, they, that they're held onto for so long, yes. you know, and make that shift. So people just go, uh, you know, uh, I don't, I don't want to go to church or I'm not going to church because church is a dangerous place, mm-hmm. you know, but yet still they're anchored in, in those, in that, the belief systems, um, but Probably not as much as 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 traditionally known, um, but they still hanker after that kind of fellowship that yes. you get from pe- like-minded mm. people or yes. people who understand where you come from culturally, mm. traditionally, whatever it is. So, um, who are the people who come to you? Yeah. Um, who, to your church, what kind of people are those? Are they the kind of people, um, you know, who kind of got fed up with how church was being done? I think I think it's there are many answers to that because it isn't the same for all of the members in our congregation. Um, a lot of them came from uh, being gay and being rejected by the church and not allowed to be who they are, and that uh, spun off a whole new way of looking at life in terms of of their own situation with church. But I think what makes church that dangerous place Mm -hmm. and the abusive place and I have to say this the church doesn't realize it because they don't mean to but they are abusive because in this way okay how can you say you don't mean to be abusive yeah if you if you truly and honestly believe that God has spoken Mm -hmm. in a book many moons ago and he said 
You shouldn't be this or that or like this or like that. And if you are, you should just um, stop being that in order to be my kind of person. And people believe that. But now I'm saying... But yes, so. And, and I, I must say, the slack that I cut Christians, for instance, is I know that many of them are well-meaning. They truly and honestly believe. And if you... Let us take a, 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 an example, being gay. Mm-hmm. If, if you truly believe that is what God has said, and that's what, outside the plan of God for human sexuality... Then the next thing is you've got to trust God to do what he promised. And that is for a gay person to overcome being gay. I've went that route as a pastor. I've seen And a man. And a man. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how it didn't work. And I asked myself the question, if, if the Bible really says that I can overcome sin by being in Christ... Why do I not overcome this thing? It's cutting me into pieces. And then I realized God didn't say that. Mm. It's a wrong take. It's the wrong take on being gay. So what is dangerous about the church is that they truly believe that people should be adhering to what the Bible says. And in cases, some, many, in many instances, it does no harm. But in the instance of a woman should, should be subordinate to her husband, in all of that, and, and gays should not be mm-hmm. gay, that does harm. So what my, my take on it is this. A church that says you are okay when you believe a specific thing. It's not to me about what you believe. That doesn't make you a godly person. The church should shun that idea. It's not about what you believe. It's about what you become. Mm. Philip, I have a problem with uh, the church being well-meaning. When mm. there's so many um, voices going, Oi, hello, I've got mm. something to say. Hey, mm. But but they, no one listens or yes. they don't listen. So mm. I have a problem with, with, with it if... First, for, for them being well-meaning because they're not listening. So they're not taking responsibility, you know. So, so mm. I, I know it's, it's very nice. We're cutting one another some slack. Mm. But it's also very nice that we just, we, you know, we go with that old pattern because mm. that's how we've done it mm. and, you know, mm. and that's how we're going to do it and, and, you know, and that's, that's, that's where that cycle of abuse mm. continues. Exactly. So the church, in my eyes, they're mm. not well-meaning. Mm. They're abusive. Well, mm. okay, I'm sure, I shouldn't say everyone within the church because that's... That's not true, mm. but um, when when I look at it, I go like the the root is you need to start listening to one another, you know. Mm. So so for me, no, there's no well meaning. That, that's Shemaine, um, and I get I, you. I'm, so, I'm sorry, you. it sounds really harsh, no, but, but you are there's right. so many people who just are so hurt, you mm. know. Um, and instead of saying, "Yeah, we go," we we're a place where you're supposed to come and get nurturing, uh, yes. and you repl- this is where you're supposed to come and learn about. Mm. Uh, about a God who was love, um, and it doesn't matter how you see that God, but 
where you, as your being, um, gets taken to places where you rise, not where because you know that judgment that you find in the church is soul destroying. A lot of people's lives are broken because of the church. It didn't have to be that way, but because we're cutting one another slack. Yeah, you know. But you, I want to I want to say this: um, the truth always lies in the tension between the two opposite statements. So I'm saying on the one end, I'm cutting the church slack because I believe that there are well-meaning people who mm. believe that if if people would just adhere to what the Bible says, God will help them to change. For instance, in terms of gay, if a woman just submits to her husband, even if he's if he's terrible, he will. Be turned around by her Nonsense. submission. Yeah, and it, it will speak to him. Nonsense. So what I'm saying, the other, the other end is, where, that I'm saying is, the church is abusive. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have stopped communicating with one of my own blood brothers because of his abusiveness, yeah. stemming from his. So I believe what you're saying. And I think move out there. Yeah. I always say to gay people, for instance, leave the church. Yeah. I had a person who um, was pregnant and because they saw that she had been sexually active she had to sit in a sin bin and mm. i was like what nonsense mm. is that just because you there's the ev- evidence that mm. she slept with someone yes. now you but know who makes and, that but that's sin. the church that's, that's yes you know and right, that's the judgment mean. so what i'm saying is there's there's i'm, I'm glad that you're going from mm. a, a, a different position where you go like you know what it's we don't do it traditionally like you know mm. we used to do it this we we've grown yeah. so it's inclusive so people mm. who want to do christianity still can have a place where they can go but without the judgment well we don't have the dogma mm-hmm. we only have the teachings of jesus in our church not the dogma what i'm hearing also mm. is an evolution yes. of church do you think more and more churches or more and more christians mm. will evolve into this more more loving, more gentle, more open-minded way yes. of serving Christ or serving God? I'm not seeing that within the structure of churches. I'm seeing that within individuals. But I want to say this, and I, I hope it's not naughty of me to say this. What makes me a bit sad is that I know a lot of people within Christian churches that do not want to leave their church, but they compromise what they believe. Mm. Because they want to be part of the structure. They've got known people there for years. They have family there. They don't want to go. My take on church is leave traditional churches. I don't even know that they, it's, it, it's necessary for a church to be a church. Mm-hmm. And that's why in a certain sense, we are – our history as the Capel is a Christian church. But we've evolved into something that is only actually a get-together of people who love each other. And follow amongst others the teachings of Jesus about love. Sure. So we uh, we, we could still go on, but we don't have time. <laughs> we have, yes, well, you know, Philip, I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but when Palesa comes in, it's a sign to Shemaine and I <laughs> oh, that we I'm have to wrap I didn't up know that. because um, she's a very strong or, or a very strict, strict. taskmaster, <laughs> and uh, she walked in. I have quite a few more questions for you, so perhaps, Shemaine, uh, you think we can bring him back at some point? I'd love to if you have time. <laughs> I have. Time. You know, then we can then we can go on because I'd really love to talk about Jesus. Okay, good. <laughs>
There's a lot to say. <laughs> Do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. It's because now Jesus has become uh, the face of controversial mm. everything. But yes. yes, so that would be nice. So, but anyway, Joanna, Joanna, yes, round no, this up. I will off. say from my side, Philip, thank you very much. This has been enlightening, and uh, we uh, on Beyond Ears and Eyes strive to enlighten, inspire, and inform. Alisa, <laughs> thank you so much. From me, Liesl, Tom, have a good day. <laughs> So that was Philip. Philip, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and you've got your church in Melville. It's Melville. called Dicapel or the Chapel, and that's also where you can uh, be found. Eh? Uh, yes. The Chapel, yes. and then go on at uh, it's Dicapel dot org or uh, the Chapel dot ws. Alrighty, that's yes. it then. Now, from me, Shumaine <laughs> Harris. Be good to yourself. Bye. This is CliffCentral.com.